Gyanatimiran Hastya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshuran Militam Jainatasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Mukankaroti Vachalam Pangram Langhaya Tegiram Yakripa Tamahang Bande Shri Gurun Dinataranam Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Sapitam Yenaputale Svayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Svapadantikam Banchakalpaturubhyas Chakrapas Indhobhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavaibhyo Nimo So I'll start with a little full disclosure. Um, I had uh, very mixed feelings when Padmanabha Maharaj asked me to do this. Um, he told me that he wanted uh, November to be um, Kartik themed. And he asked if I would speak about the Rasalila. And I really like the idea of a Kartik themed um, uh, program uh, during this month. Um, I really did not like the idea of me, um, of all people speaking on the Rasalila. But um, I took it as an instruction um, from my gurus and um, and have been in a state of panic ever since, pretty much, um, because this is a this is such a confidential topic, and I am so far um, from any confidential circles. However, uh, like all of us, I um, have the uh, pleasure of having the association of uh, many wonderful devotees who are closer. To such circles at least. And um, so I'm um, taking shelter of them and um, uh, especially uh, my own uh, beloved spiritual master, His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada, um, my Shiksha Guru and Sanyas Guru, uh, Swami Tripurari, and, um, and all um, our previous acharyas. And um, there was an added note of uh, um, urgency, I guess, in my prayers. Uh -oh, read a question from Makrura. Okay, no worries. Um. So there was a, uh, I mean, I offer these same prayers every time I speak. Um, and it's a quite, it's generally quite an um, internal thing. Uh, I, I mean, I really go into my heart when I do that, actually do, um, because I feel helpless, but I feel particularly helpless um, now. And I've, I've gone through maybe a dozen different ways I might start this series. and. Um, None of them, well, none of them seemed to work for, from me, so, for me. So I'm just going to kind of um, 
go with my heart and hope um, that uh, uh, my guides will uh, bring us. Um, oh, we need to ask Arunda Dasi to unmute. How do we do that? I don't even know if I have the power to do that. Oh, maybe it just happened. Magic. Um, so I'm just I'm just kind of uh, going to go with my heart and and depend um, very much on my guides. Um, one devotee I, I mentioned uh, my uh, uh, emotional condition approaching this project, especially yesterday as the time drew closer to one of the devotees who um, associates with me. And this devotee told me about some. A couple of instances reminded me of a couple of instances where she felt helpless in the face. She wasn't able to, she obviously wasn't able to pull off the tasks that she had been given. And she just kind of like dug inside and um, begged Srila Prabhupada to um, please help her do it. And it worked. So uh, this devotee was encouraging me, you know, just, just go within and. Um, Take shelter of Srila Prabhupada and, and um, it will be okay. So, uh, based on that, um, <coughs> we can start. Um, that uh, disclaimer aside, usually you tell people, don't, you know, don't say, well, I'm the wrong person to ask about this, or I don't really know what I'm talking about, but, but what can I do? Um, I'm helpless in this particular situation. So probably the first question that arises is how, how, how can we talk um, about a salila um, like this? Um, after all, we have so many admonitions um, from Srila Prabhupada and Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, especially um, against uh, you know, uh, delving into um, um, topics that are um, over our head. So, um, I, and I, there's probably a whole list, I, I looked at some of them, but there's a whole list of uh, quotations from Srila Prabhupada um, where he uh, warned the devotees against um, discussing the Rasalila. And many of us may know that there was a time in the mid 1970s when, um, uh, amongst, uh, I suppose, amongst devotees, probably mainly amongst devotees who were, particularly those who were involved in the uh, project of getting out 17 volumes of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Chaitanya Charitamrita in two months, um, how among those devotees, there developed something that became known as the Gopi Bhava Club, where they would get together and they would read certain sections together of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. And Srila Prabhupada was, um, he was not amused. He was not pleased. And he um, let these devotees know that in, um, in no uncertain terms. He was very plain, very strong um, in his condemnation of devotees getting together um, simply for relishing things um, so-called relishing things, uh, sharing things um, for which they uh, weren't really qualified. Um, and Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur also was very, very 
very strong on this. And, and um, all his followers, most of his followers anyway, have been very strong on um, not getting too excited about um, discussing such um, intimate, um, such intimate topics. Um, there's, there's one story we, we hear sometimes about Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Um, I mean, yeah, approaching his guru and father, Bhaktivinod Thakur, suggesting that they uh, print Govinda Lilamrita, I think it was. And Bhaktivinod Thakur said, sure, fine. We'll print two copies, uh, one for me and one for you. Um, and I, um, I remember being struck many years ago, hearing um, during a question period where Srila Prabhupada, after a talk, he asked for questions and one of the devotees asked him if he could please tell them more about the Rasalila. And Prabhupada, I think Prabhupada, if I, as I remember it, Prabhupada asked him to repeat this question. Well, could you tell us something more about the Rasalila? And Srila Prabhupada declined by saying, uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not discuss this even among Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda and the Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasadi Gaur Bhaktivin. So, you know, he's, his point, the point he was making was that um, this was something that even Lord Chaitanya discussed, not even with Nityananda Prabhu or Dvaita Charya Gadadhar, Srivas or any of those, uh, what we can, who we consider intimate associates, the members of the Pancha Tattva. Um, but he only discussed them with three or four devotees. So Damodar Goswami, um, Ramananda Ra, Shiki Mahiti and his sister uh, Madhavi Devi. Um, outside that very, very small circle, um, as far as we know, Lord Chaitanya did not discuss um, such topics. So, and, and the reason given is that it's, it's a, a very, it's a, a pastime which is very easy to misunderstand because we're conditioned. We're conditioned to hearing romantic stories. We, we like these. It's a whole genre of, of uh, books. I was going to say literature. I guess it's literature in a broad, very broad sense. The, uh, these romantic novels, the, um, I think they call them bodice rippers or something like that, because they get very, the lovers get, I guess, get very passionate. I don't think I've ever read one. Uh, my mom had a, uh, my mom had a collection of them along with all her murder mysteries. But, um, and, but you know, you know, there's a whole genre of literature. And then we've, you know, in, in film, we have the uh, romantic comedy, the rom-com. Um, and so, you know, we love these stories and we, uh, we, we tend to try to identify with the heroes and the heroines. And that's exactly the problem with um, uh, hearing the Rasalila um, outside, the, um, outside the proper method. Um, because uh, the, there, is, there is some danger um, of imposing our own ideas um, on that and, and thinking that um, perhaps, um, well, there are a couple of ways to approach this. Some uh, may think that, well, perhaps we should, um, 
perhaps I can imitate Krishna and dance with many um, lovely young women. Um, or maybe a little subtler, but um, something that still leads to the same problem. Oh, how can I how could I possibly empathize with Radha and Krishna if um, you know if I myself you know am not able to experience this? So they have these kind of paramour relationships that are supposed to be some sort of spiritual sort of a, a following the template of Radha and Krishna or something like that. And these folks, as we know, um, uh, are uh, Prakriti Sahajas. They impose materialistic ideas on the Rasa dance. So, and, and the whole um, affair between Krishna and the gopis. So um, in order to uh, uh, protect us um, from something like that, um, Srila Prabhupada, Bhakti Siddhanta, Saraswati Thakur, and Bhakti Vinod Thakur were uh, reticent. Um, about discussing these things. Um, however, uh, they, it's not that these things were never discussed or that they were general, the devotees were told um, that, that they had no access to these things in, in, at any point in their lives. Um, generally, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur's instruction was that not to read these particular sections of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita unless you're reading straight through. If you're reading straight through and you encounter those chapters, um, that's fine. But to you know, make a deliberate effort to uh, you know, sit around and, and um, so-called relish um, Krishna's pastimes with the gopis uh, was not a good idea among devotees who were not um, spiritually mature. That said, um, there was an instance um, where Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, um, uncharacteristically, I guess, the way, because it seems uncharacteristic uh, because of the way he introduces it. Um, this was um, on the Braja Mandala Parikram in 1932, and this was spoken at Radha Kunda. Now, at Radha Kunda in previous years, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur typically would discuss uh, uh, Dhruva Charitra or Pralada Charitra, something um, a little more uh, fundamental um, so that uh, devotees could become purified. But in 1932, he chose to speak um, about the Ashtakali Alila. And so he, there's a short um, transcript, which is, uh, I guess, kind of uh, preface um, to his uh, to his uh, discussions uh, of Krishna's uh, Leela at Radhakund in 1932. So he wrote, all these days we have spoken about Leela. Why? Because this is our most confidential asset. This is our only sadhya. This is our only uh, attainment, our only goal. But one should not make the mistake of thinking that Anartha Nivriti is the prayojana. One thinking like this will never enter into Arta Pravriti. For this reason, I will begin speaking about Ashtakali Alila. This is something Srila Saraswati Thakur um, generally 
just did not do. But he says, we shouldn't make the mistake of thinking, thinking that anartha nivritti is the goal of our life, um, not um, indulging in sinful activity and, and things like that. Um, this is, you know, this is uh, anartha nivritti is a stage of bhakti, but once we get past anartha nivritti uh, to nishta and, um, and the higher stages of bhakti, uh, ruchi, um, asakti, and then ultimately bhava and prema, um, we should be willing to hear these things in the proper company, in the proper way. So he says, I know that you are not ready to hear it, but we should know such, that such a transcendental idea exists within the realm of devotion. This is why anartha nivritti is essential. After the realm of anartha nivritti is artha pravriti. So artha pravriti means embracing those things which actually do have real value. And uh, so he says, um, after the realm of anartha nivritti is artha pravriti, pure conjugal service to Radha and Krishna. This is transcendental reality. If we do not know of this transcendental realm, then all of our efforts may end in nirvishesavad. So this undifferentiated, this sayujya uh, mukti, which is not only not just the least desirable thing uh, for Vaishnavas, but the absolutely most undesirable thing. Because in such a state, there is no access to any kind of bhakti, any kind of devotional service to Krishna. So Srila Saraswati Thakur continues, do not let your days pass in trying for anartha nivriti. Artha pravriti is also necessary. Anartha nivriti is necessary until artha pravriti has started. <clears throat> when artha pravriti is present, Anartanivriti becomes unimportant. Artapravriti becomes prominent. Those who have chanted Harinam for 15 or 20 years should know such things. The beginners need not hear these topics for they will, or they will misunderstand. These topics are for certain audiences, certain audiences, not all. Also, it is said, one should not reveal one's bhajan to others. If we disregard this instruction of our previous acharyas, then there may be a permanent fall from the realm of devotional service. So we can, we've can we many of us have seen examples of immature devotees um, assuming that they're able to relish these topics um, uh, once having heard them or um, after reading them a number of times. And they're eager to go around about Krishna's dalliances with the gopis, about the rasa lila and so many other things. Um, but this is exactly what Srila uh, Saraswati Thakur is warning against here. He says, uh, one should not reveal one's bhajan to others. So you know, we can tell whether someone's mature or not uh, by the extent to which they share um, the, uh, things that happen to them internally as a result of their sadhana, um, except occasionally 
to um, encourage others or to glorify bhakti or the bhaktas. Um, one example of, uh, uh, that we see of such a thing is um, Srila Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami um, writing in Chaitanya Charitamrita uh, in the, the um, how uh, Sri uh, Nityananda Prabhu came to him, gave him instruction, sent him to Vrindavan. And he prefaces that by saying, it's not decent to discuss, discuss such things um, publicly. But if I don't, you may not be, under, be able to understand the extent of uh, Sri Nityananda Prabhu's mercy. That even uh, a wretch, fallen wretch like me um, can be fit to receive Lord Nityananda's mercy. And a few years ago, I believe the year following uh, my accepting sannyas um, from Tripurari Maharaj, um, for the there's a, a Vyasa Puja book published um, by Iskand followers. Um, kind of they call it an open Vyasa Puja book. Um, so it, you don't have to be, and I think it's just for uh, those who are disciples of Srila Prabhupada, uh, a place where we can make offerings without um, having to be, have some official position in ISKCON, being a temple president or, I don't know, a BBT trustee or uh, a sannyasi or a GBC member or something like that. Um, not back, back when, when I first joined, um, um, those first few years uh, when there are only you know, maybe a couple hundred of us in ISKCON, um, we all wrote Vyasa Puja offerings. I remember in April of 1970, May maybe of 1970, uh, being approached by um, our temple president, Gorsunda, and asked to write an offering glorifying Srila Prabhupada for um, his Vyasa Puja book. And, um, excuse me, I, um, I was, I mean, I was, I had lived in the temple two months maybe, uh, and, um, and, and actually had taken a couple of weeks off in the middle of that. And so I was thinking, who am I to write a Vyasa Puja offering? And of course, I'm there. Um, saw my question coming and he said, um, you're here, you're practicing, you're living in the temple. Um, if you feel like Srila Prabhupada's disciple, then it, it would be good for you to write an offering. So I wrote some very simple, honest appreciation, um, which uh, is either, I don't know, uh, either charmingly simple or, uh, or, or just simple-minded. I, uh, I don't really have a sense of which. But um, and, and in May, because it took some time to produce, you know, I would have been much happier to written some uh, July, August. Uh, but um, you know, writing it in May, being so new to full-time practice of bhakti yoga, uh, it was, I found it uh, uh, a little intimidating. But up to, I think that might have been the last year where there were individual offerings. And then later there were um, offerings for the next year, I think 72, there were offerings um, from the temples, usually written by temple presidents, uh, with the uh, 
names of all the devotees um, in that um, particular temple. So um, then this, uh, uh, the year after I uh, accepted sannyas, it occurred to me, you know, I, I had heard uh, that some of my god brothers were saying their um, disciples were receiving instructions from Srila Prabhupada in, in uh, dreams. And it was kind of a, oh, it, it came off as a bit of a boast in a sense, but, you know, he was, I guess it was meant to um, demonstrate how merciful Srila Prabhupada was. And I had also had um, a couple of similar experiences, one of which led to my accepting sannyas, where I received some instruction from Srila Prabhupada that definitely pointed in that direction. So here I am. Um, so I thought, um, following that spirit in Srila Krishna Das Kaviraj, Goswami, that, uh, that it might be interesting to demonstrate that Srila Prabhupada's mercy even extends to someone like me. Um, so I uh, shared the dream as I recorded it, um, as I, when, I woke, when I got out of bed that morning and wrote it in my journal right away. So I, I shared that dream because I, I, you know, I thought, well, devotees might wonder who is this, who is this new Swami and what's he done with our old friend, Bob Hru? And um, so I thought I would explain how this came to pass and, and thereby, although it's not decent to share such things, um, I was at least, I was sharing them among with, just with my godbrothers, primarily with my godbrothers, godsisters. I haven't shared it more widely than that. Occasionally with um, an, a close friend or an old friend or something like that, they, they would ask me how, how it happened that someone like me came to accept uh, the sannyas ashram. So I, you know, I, would, I would share that. So these confidential things generally aren't shared um, very broadly. So Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur continues, by removing the clothes of the gopis, Krishna obtained happiness. This is Krishna's sense gratification. We cannot ask, why is he a sense enjoyer? Let us see Krishna display the behavior of controlling his senses. Krishna will not become a slave to our desires. Krishna, by his own will, can show sense restraint. He did so in his form as Gorsundar. By that example, he is informing us that no one except Krishna has the right to remove the clothes of the gopis. Our duty is to cultivate devotional service. Do not think that Ashtakale Alila Smarana is the property of the Sahajas. Actually, it is our affair. It has to be retrieved from the hands of the Sahajas. Our Sri Guru Padapadma heard these things from Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. That is why he used to tell us various confidential things. We have heard the last instructions from our Sri Guru Dev. He said, living in Radha, so this Sri Guru Dev, as we know, is Gorkishore Das Babaji who was also an intimate associate and Shiksha disciple of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. So he said, uh, Gorkishore Das Babaji told Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, living in Radhakunda would be pleasant if you can deliver it from the hands of 11 immoral men. And then he uh, closed this by saying, now perhaps 11 has increased 
to 108. So here is Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, from whom the strictness of our lineage in discussing these things um, actually is derived. It's actually, uh, you know, the, the um, tone that he intended to set. But he also said, we need to hear about these things. We need to, um, to know about this, these things. <coughs> and um, what we find in the comments of our um, acharyas um, on the Rasa Lila is that this is um, very, very powerful uh, medicine. Um, generally, um, reading a teaching by Thakur that said that generally you need to be um, free my connection is unstable so bear with me a moment while I switch networks somehow or other it went default to the wrong network Okay, this should be stronger and I hope I'm still on Zoom. Somebody give me a thumbs up if I'm still. You're good. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, so, um, you know, we understand that, uh, that hearing the Rasa Lila um, in the proper way um, is, is actually very powerful medicine. Um, we know we've heard from Guru Maharaj uh, a number of times that at the very end of the Rasalila, the very end of the 33rd chapter, um, this last of the uh, uh, Dev Goswami, um, how is it that the Lord who gives us access, who's actually the protect, not only gives us access to Dharma, but he's the protector and propounder of all Dharma. How is it that um, he can behave like this with other people's wives? Um, touching, I think the way he puts it is touching, touching other people's wives. Um, and he explains, you know, that this you know, might set the wrong tone. Now, the Acharyas explain that um, uh, the Acharyas explain that um, King Parikit is asking this question, um, not because he thinks it's improper to have heard this, but because he understands that the audience is quite varied. Uh, when King Parikit um, was cursed by the um, immature Brahmin, uh, son of the Brahmin, named, uh, the, Brahmin the boy was named Sringi, um, to die in seven days, um, he just walked away from his kingdom. He walked away from everything, his wife, family, all his possessions, and went and sat down on the bank of the river. Um, uh, some say the, the bank of the Ganga, some say the bank of the Jamuna. The fast, um, um, from even from, from all food and drink, even water until uh, that snake bird came um, to bite him. So um, 
and we know what happened. Shukadev Goswami appeared, and when the uh, uh, sages and devatas all over the universe saw what was going on, um, as uh, uh, as Guru Maharaj said the other day, you can imagine what it would be like if um, uh, 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 President Biden walked away from the, the White House, walked away from his office, um, his wife, and, and all his responsibilities. And I think he usually uses the Mississippi as someone who grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. I would then I, I would probably suggest the Potomac um, if I were giving the examples, but sat down at, on the bank of a great river um, to fast till death and, uh, and want to hear only Krishna Kata. His, uh, when Shukadeva arrived, uh, King Purkin had questions. And his first question, the essential question was, what is the duty of someone who's about to die? In other words, what is our ultimate responsibility as human beings? And then the whole um, Srimad Bhagavatam unfolds. And then we get to this, this very confidential part just like we see uh, in, in the Bhagavad Gita, the ninth chapter, uh, the most confidential knowledge, um, uh, Srila Prabhupada called it, where Krishna starts out by saying, okay, now I'm going to tell you something very confidential. This is really secret, almost on the level if I tell you I have to kill you or something like that. This, this is very, very secret. And he goes through the whole ninth chapter glorifying um, Bhakti. And building up to this, and then he gets, then he gets uh, uh, toward the end of the chapter, and he says, "Okay, buckle up, because here it comes." And then, what's the big secret? Just love me. Kind of boils down to that. Um, engage your mind in thinking of me. Become my devotee. Offer your obeisances to me. Worship only me. Um, and then at the end of the 18th chapter, he says the same, he says something similar as, as he approaches the end of the chapter. He says, now I'm gonna tell you the most confidential of all confidential things. So you need to prepare yourself for this. Hear me very carefully, fasten your seatbelt. This is gonna be intense. And what does he say? And then he tells us, what that means in practical terms. Just completely set aside all conventional um, ideas of Dharma, which the Bhagavatam tells us um, to follow up. The Bhagavatam, if we see it as the philosophical sequel, as Guru Maharaj has, um, has suggested so many times, See, it is the philosophical sequel to the Bhagavad Gita. It actually picks up in the very next step, just, um, just after Krishna's final instruction in the Bhagavad Gita. And um, the, the Bhagavatam says, uh, begins in the second verse, um, the Vastu Nirdesha Shloka, after the Namaskar Shloka. It says, Dharma Projita Koitavotra Paramo Niramatsaranam Satam. So it's telling us who is the most fit audience, the most appropriate audience for this particular text? And who is it? Uh, Dharma Praudjita uh, Kaitava. Someone who has com already completely rejected these Kaitava Dharmas. So he says it even more plainly, not just Sarva Dharma, but 
all cheating religion, anything with, that's driven by any kind of self-interest, even in the guise uh, of spirituality or religion, completely reject it. Prabhujita means the same thing as Parityaja, completely reject. Just turn your back on it. For, so here's a text for, for those who have already turned their backs on these things. They don't have to be perfect at it, but at least their only aspiration now is Krishna Bhakti. And what makes them what makes them fit? Um, uh, th their hearts are completely pure. They're satam. Their hearts are pure because they're free from envy. And why are they free from envy? Because they've completely rejected anything that has a tinge of self-interest. They don't want to grow there anymore. And as I occasionally point out, uh, maybe too occasionally, um, for some folks, um, when um, Srila Krishnadas Kaviraj addresses this in um, chapter 22 of the Madhulila of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, um, uh, when, when, when uh, Krishnadas Kaviraj discusses the second verse of the Bhagavatam, he says, so what do we mean by Kaitava Dharma? Kaitava Dharma means Dharma Artha Kama Moksha It means the pursuit of virtue and um, and the uh, material progress that it might afford us and the uh, pleasure, the sense uh, enjoyment that that would afford us and even liberation, trying to become free from, um, from suffering um, when we understand, when we come to the point where we understand that this whole material setup, if we indulge in it on its own terms, is just a scam. Um, that all the things that we become attached to are dukkha yonaya, eva. They're certainly, the, they are the source, that attachment is the source um, of our suffering. Um, uh, as Guru Maharaj likes to put it, he likes to literally use the word yona, that uh, not, uh, yoni, not as just as source, but as the womb from which all our troubles are born. So um, the Bhagavatam tells us straight out that it's people who don't, <clears throat> who are giving, you know, who have actually embraced the process of giving up all sorts of cheating religion. Um, these folks are fit to hear the Bhagavatam because their hearts are completely pure. They're completely free um, uh, of envy, envy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And then as we know, at the uh, very end, as I began to uh, discuss a few minutes ago, at the very end uh, of the Rasa Lila, King Parikit poses this question, recognizing that among these sages and devatas, they're not all shuddha bhaktas. They're not all engaged in uttama bhakti as defined in the bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. They're people who are interested in this, this spectacle of the emperor of the world, the most powerful, uh, materially most powerful person on the planet, giving everything up to sit down and hear Srimad Bhagavatam. So um, recognizing that some of them may have very mixed, some of them may be very materialistic, may be easily, very easily inclined to understand the, the uh, dealings of Krishna with his, uh, with the gopis of Vrindavan as something like what we might read in a, in a bodice ripper or see in a, uh, a rom-com 
Um, it's it's something altogether different. It's cut out of a completely different cloth, I guess. Um, it has nothing whatsoever to do. It is exactly the opposite of everything we can conceive of when we you know when we conceive of um, of love. So, Shukadev Goswami, in the very last uh, verse uh, of the Rasa Panchadhyay, um, Shukadev Goswami says, Vikriditam Braja Vadru Bhiri Dangshadrishno. Sorry, I have this on. I have to change pages. Shradhan Bito Nushunayad Atavarna Yadhya. Bhaktim Param Bhagavati Prati Labhyakamam Ridroga Mashvapi. He says, one who faithfully hears or describes the Lord's playful affairs uh, with the young gopis of Vrindavan will attain the Lord's pure devotional service. Thus, he will quickly become sober and conquer lust, the disease of the heart. So he refers to these as um, um, in the first pada, vikriditam. Um, uh, this play, uh, this leela um, of, of uh, the Lord with the Rajavadhu, with the, um, the ladies of Vrindavan, this is the play of Vishnu, he says. And the Acharyas point out that he refers to the Lord as Vishnu, if for no other reason than that he is all-pervading. And how do we know that this was the all-pervading Vishnu who engaged in the Rasa Leela? He was able to dance with each one of the millions and uncount with uncountable millions of gopis. He was able to dance with each one of them individually, according uh, to what she needed. So this this is something that can only be done uh, by the supreme personality of Godhead. Uh, Vishnu Chakravarti taught. I'll just a uh, couple of things here. Um, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur points out um, one who continuously uh, hears and glorifies or writes in poetry this autumn rasa lila and other similar pastimes and other pastimes to, uh, described elsewhere by other poets of Krishna who spread himself out among all the gopis, Vishnu, one who pervades, attains the first appearance of prema even within this condition of having material desire. And some of the uh, um, uh, some of the acharyas have pointed out that, you know, generally we, we would consider that you need to be free of lust, free of all uh, material desire. Lust doesn't just mean um, sexual lust, but you know, we're talking about anything um, that revolves around how, however, I conceive of myself. Um, so, um, you know, they say that generally they say you may need to uh, be free um, uh, of personal desire, uh, be free of personal interest of any kind of lust in order to appreciate the, um, the uh, Rasa Lila. However, um, uh, 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 Sukadeva Goswami says that anyone who faithfully hears this. Um, or recites it or shares it with others, um, that they very quickly attain prema. So what are we talking about here? Well, when we say, when he says faithfully, 
what he means is hearing um, in the proper frame of mind from the proper source. Um, in his um, introduction to uh, aesthetic Vedanta, uh, Guru Maharaj points out, Srila Tripurari Maharaj points out that um, that means hearing from mature devotees. Um, that means hearing from the spiritual master who has some realization uh, of these things. And hearing <clears throat> submissively, just as we see in the Bhagavad Gita, there are three elements um, that are <clears throat> necessary in our approach to the guru. Pardon me. <clears throat> um, so the, the Gita, in the Gita Krishna tells Arjuna, Tadvindhi pranipatena pariprasnena sevaya upadekshantite gyaninastatvadarshana. So it says <clears throat> that you should approach a bona fide spiritual master with three things. Three characteristics should be there in your approach. Uh, pranipat, submission. And submission is uh, externally expressed by offering dandavat pranams. Um, uh, Pariprasna, relevant inquiries, just as we see here in King Parikit and all the stories nested into how many, however many levels. I, this is a project I've just uh, assigned myself. It's something I've talked about for years and somebody called me on it. And I said, okay, I need to go through the Bhagavatam and uh, so this, I know this has already been done, but I thought if I were to do it myself, it would be, it would cement it more firmly in my own heart rather than looking at a chart someone else might have done. But I, I think sometimes that the stories go five or six layers deep in the narrative. <coughs> These stories nested <coughs> one <coughs> inside another, like uh, Matryoshka dolls, those Russian nested dolls. You buy a big doll and you take the top off and there's a smaller doll in there. Sometimes you'd see Khrushchev and then uh, Stalin and then Lenin and then maybe Marx or something. I don't know. Um, so <clears throat> this is something that's probably been around for, I don't know, 130, 140 years in part of Russian culture. So the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, this must be a signal that my time is approaching. Um, you know, we see all these stories nested. There's always, there are always questions and answers. Um, and we see it in every canto that someone asks, Parikha asks Shukadeva a question. Shukadeva tells a story about when somebody else asked that question in which there's another story embedded when somebody else may have asked a similar question. And here's the answer that was given. <clears throat> That's only three layers. And I think it goes uh, one or two more uh, than that in uh, a number of occasions throughout the Bhagavatam. But there are always these questions, relevant questions. And the most relevant question, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is what is our ultimate business? What is our real business <clears throat> as human beings? And then <clears throat> the third element is seva, service. And these thing, three things constitute the relationship between guru and disciple. So we want to approach a guru who excuse me, who actually has some realization um, with relevant questions, submissively, with an open heart, ready um, to hear what the, what the sadhu has to say, um, with relevant questions and uh, with an eagerness to serve. Um, Chanakya Pandit 
um, writes in his Niti Shastra, his common sense, uh, book of common sense sayings, aphorisms, uh, that um, uh, just as we get water from a well by digging, in a similar way, we get knowledge from the guru by service. So the questions are there, uh, and, and that's a good thing. The open, submissive heart is there, but there also needs to be service. There needs to be like some real reciprocation uh, between the teacher and the student. Um, so we want to hear uh, 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 about uh, the Rasa Lila with the pro in the proper state of mind from, the, from a source who can give it to us um, as it is meant um, to be understood. And there's so many things to understand from the Rasalila. Um, I, I can only touch on a few things over the next three weeks, but I thought I first would talk about why well, we're discussing this very confidential pastime because it is such powerful medicine that, oh, where did it go? Vishwanath Chakra, I think it's Vishwanath Chakravarti Chakra, or maybe it's Sanatan Goswami, that writes that even if you, even if you, um, yeah, he says, um, the word Yahahu indicates that it does not depend on qualification. Anyone who hears, chants, or remembers will attain it ever at every moment, ever new prema. He will destroy desire, which is uh, the, the disease of the heart. And then he says this is, includes, excludes desire directed to Lord Krishna, since we're talking about self-interested desire. So desire that's all about Krishna, that's, that's actually pure bhakti. And, um, and this happens even if we come with our, if we approach it still with our material disease, if we approach the proper person with the proper attitude, then uh, we will get from hearing about the Rasa Leela, um, what it's meant to deliver to us. Um, just what um, Sukadev Goswami intended to share um, by um, revealing uh, this pastime, these pastimes um, to King Pariksit. Um, so um, I, um, I thought I would share <coughs> just a couple of snippets from the introduction to um, aesthetic Vedanta <coughs> that might help us <coughs> understand how to approach uh, the Rasa Panchajaya. So he writes, um, it is the gopis' love and Radha's love in particular are exclusively featured <coughs> in this section of the Bhagavatam. The Rasa Panchajaya. Radha is love, selfless and pure. She personifies that which brings God and humanity together to taste love. In doing so, she emerges bringing victory to Krishna over Cupid or Kama, lust. <clears throat> then he explains, lust is that selfish desire that passes as love for as long as and to the extent that God is not present in the human equation. So. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll, <clears throat> okay, so I'll read that uh, again. <clears throat> Thank you. <clears throat> so um, Guru Maharaj writes, lust is that selfish desire that passes as love 
for as long as and to the extent that God is not present in the human equation. So to the extent, as long as, and to the extent to which um, our hearts are not dedicated to the service of the Supreme, the absolute truth, Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Um, to that extent, our desires will be selfish. And that's what we call lust. And um, then he <clears throat> writes a little later, the love of the gopis that appears outwardly like lust is the secret of braja. It is never played out in the open. The very nature of the highest love is that it hides itself. So I mentioned um, earlier that um, you know we can understand um, if someone's not quite mature, when, if, if they come um, and very eagerly want to share with us some uh, new insight they got into the Rasa Lila. You know, I, I was reading Govinda Lilamrita last night and this thing, you know, this uh, um, idea came to me. And so we can understand that um, this is probably not somebody we want to discuss the Rasa Lila with too much. So it is never played out in the open. The very nature of the highest love is that it hides itself. Um, we're admonished not to share our bhajan, as we heard from Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati. It is cl so cleverly hidden in the, dis in the guise of lust that even the rishis often do not think to look for it within Krishna Lila. The gopis' love is hidden even from other inhabitants of Vrindavan. Although a number of Raja's eternal residents have direct knowledge of Krishna and the gopis' mutual love, they are careful to keep the secret, lest it be known publicly by all and stripped of the veil that serves to enhance its experience. So when you have, um, when we have uh, 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 an illicit affair with someone in this world, part of I, I, you know, I would assume part of the thrill is the secret that the two of you share. So it's, um, something like that with Krishna, but um, without any kind of contamination. The, um, the Rasa Lila has nothing to do with this world. This is Krishna's, it's an expression of Shadanagati. Um, I was speaking as we approach Govardhan Puja and here in Honolulu, we're putting on a, a drama tomorrow night in four parts <clears throat> um, to glorify the Govardhan Lila. And, and one of the things that I've shared with the devotees here in the last couple of classes that I've given is that I, one of the take lessons that I, uh-oh, I just got the uh, Spanish, I don't know how, somehow or other I just heard a crew. Um, um, oh, one of the lessons we uh, can take away from the Govardhan Leela is that, uh, is that of Shradhanagati, that of surrender. Krishna insisted that the um, residents of Vrindavan um, give up their, uh, their Indra puja, give up their Indra worship and depend only on him, Govardhan Hill and the cows um, and, and, and the pastures of Vrindavan. Um, so we know that Govardhan is non-different from Krishna while at the same time, he is the Krishna's, um, the best of Krishna's servants. 
I was just reading from Gopal Chanku yesterday. There's a list in the very first chapter uh, of different ways that Govardhan is glorious. It's so, uh, so wonderful. But um, uh, so when we think of the Rasa Panchadhyay, when we think of the Rasa Lila, we can also understand this is perhaps the pinnacle of surrender. And, and uh, the aspect that's particularly prominent here in, in my um, vision is um, uh, Atma Nivedana or Atma Nikshepa, giving up all personal interest. Um, one of the chapters, the 31st chapter, uh, known as the Gopi Gita, the, um, the gopis are, are admonishing Krishna. They're glorifying Krishna and complaining, um, sometimes even accusing at the same time. Um, only a cheater like you would call young women out into the middle of, into the dead of night with a loud sound of his flute. Um, and, and they tell him, <clears throat> we've given up everything to come here and be with you. We've given up our husbands, our children, our households, our families, everything. Uh, practically, we're, uh, we're ruining the reputation of, of, of uh, the village of Vrindavan by coming out here to be with you at night. So this is what, you know, one of the things that we can learn um, from the Rasa Lila when we hear it properly is um, self-surrender and particularly Atmanik Shepa or Atmanivedana, um, completely cast away, casting away all self-interest. Prabhupada sometimes um, translated Atmanivedana <coughs> when he was just discussing the six aspects of Sharanagati as um, having no interest other than the Lord's interest. So this is um, something that we can look out for as we um, um, examine uh, different aspects of Krishna's Rasa Lila. I see that it is the bottom of the hour. And so this is a good time for me to stop and entertain any discussion or questions, um, uh, whatever we have. So yeah, I think uh, Shamananda and Sakyarati have the setting so that you can unmute yourself if you have a question or comment. Yes, and I'll still be able to, to unmute now. Just make sure you're in English if you want to say something. Ah. <clears throat> Okay, um, I think that's a long enough silence to assume that um, um, there is nothing um, further this morning. Um, so I guess we can adjourn um, and, uh, and meet back here again next Thursday. Um, and I want to thank you all. Um, I'm particularly grateful to Padmanabha Maharaj, my dear friend, um, um, for being um, bold enough um, and merciful enough to engage me in doing this because I realize um, if I'm, you know, if I'm going to discuss uh, the Rasa Lila uh, for four hours over the month of November, um, I have to dive into it. And we know that, especially in, in Kartik, this is part of the Kartik theme, Padmanabha Maharaj's Kartik theme, um, that many devotees in Vrindavan, especially, um, they recite this 31st chapter daily. Uh, the Gopi Gita. And this is something that I've been doing for, gosh, I don't remember how many years, at least 10 years. 
and, and somehow or other this year, um, there's some devotees who um, seem uh, quite affectionate uh, to me. They seem a little attached to me. And so I invited them to join me um, in this, um, uh, you know, in this sankalpa, in, in, in this part of my, uh, my Kartik Brat. And it has been so sweet um, uh, to, you know, to actually share this. You know, at, first, at first I said, okay, I'll chant the Sanskrit and then you guys can read the translation. And on the third day, I heard one of the devotees um, singing with me under her breath. And I thought, oh, okay. So the next, the next evening I said, okay, um, so maybe what we can do is just go around. Each of us can, you know, we'll take turns chanting the verses and translations. And they got it just like that. Um, um, the, the, you know, they, they got, you know, that sometimes we have to, especially with the last verse, which has a completely different meter, have to remind them of how to take that same theme from the tune that we use for the others, other verses and, and kind of stretch it out over that last um, verse in the Gopi Gita. So um, just as chanting Gopi Gita is a common practice among Gaudiya Vaishnavas during Kartik. Um, so getting together and with the in the proper mood um, discussing the Rasalila uh, can be a very powerful way um, of cleansing our hearts and, and um, um, helping us uh, make progress in devotional service. So I'm uh, more grateful than I can gracefully say to Padmanabha Maharaj for uh, giving me this engagement and, and to you, um, uh, my dear friends, um, for um, joining me in, in, in this part of uh, my Kartik Prat. So with that, um, uh, I thank you again, and I will excuse myself. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Jai Sripad Bhakti Abhayashram Maharaj Ki Jai. Jai Hare Krishna.